man, this comic book sucks. And the reviews online said it was good. I wasted my money. Why didn't somebody tell me? Hey everybody, this is Spinner Rack. We have Petey here, we also have... Calvin Ellis, ready to rock one more time. So now we've, we've, tried to, we've decided to add in an old back issue with our reviews. Just something more of a recommend to say, here's this comic, we looked at it again, and you should check it out. So this series is just going to be like, you know, we're not going to get into our tougher things. We're going to just try to look back at stuff, see, you know, and get you to check it out, see what it's worth. So right now we have X-Factor number one. This was the relaunch of the original X-Men. They're finally back in working condition. They're like in a team together. And this was a big deal, a big honking deal, because they also brought back Jean Grey. So this is true. if you go to the X-Men at this period, Cyclops was pretty much retired after he was married in X-Men 175. He's married off, it was the shotgun wedding, because he met her like six, seven issues before that. He marries her, and not that much time passes. He marries Madeline Pryor. So he, he'd also been sort of part-time for a while. He appeared in the Brood Saga, but he wasn't in a bunch of stories. So he'd kind of been semi out of it, uh, part-time, and then he became fully retired after 175. And then at around, I think, 200, <coughs> Xavier's also, he shipped into space. So there was sort of, there was no original X-Men presence in the original book. So for me, this was very interesting to have them come back. So I was reading, I didn't know when, at the time when the books were coming out, I bought Avengers 263 and the Avengers are fighting something in Jamaica Bay and I have no hint that Jean is coming back. So then when it, at the end of the story, she says, like Scott, you, you see Jean Grey and they're like, oh my God, all of the emotion popped up. None of the things of thinking about, oh my gosh, continuity, all this other stuff, you can't do it, the death. I was just like, oh, I was not expecting it. And the next thing I buy Fantastic Four, and all of the, I think Marvel Age has already said that she was sort of coming back at that, after that point. So it was like, okay, now I'm going in to see what happened. Now, in the middle of that story, because this is the precursor right before X Factor number one, um, Something happens, and then they show you what happened to Jean, and it gets kind of gray as far as what the Phoenix is about. And the whole Phoenix sort of tainting, you know, t Phoenix tainted by Jean, and I think that's not really what the original stories were like. So when I read it as a kid, I was just like, I don't know, this is getting into that X Men territory where it gets kind of murky, and I don't really know what this means in comparison to what happened before. But I was like, okay, Jean is back, right? So when we see this first issue, the defenders are retiring. They're like, this didn't really work out. So it's like Angel, Beast, and Iceman are sort of going their separate ways. And then Angel gets this call from, was it called, from Reed Richards. And he sees, they get the original X-Men except for Scott to see Gene, and they're all happy. And it's real Gene. It's not Madeline with the split hair. Like this, it's really Gene, and there's emotion with it. <laughs> you know, you feel it. You know, it's like you, you, you feel had to it. bring split hair in, right? Because it's like it's so weird that they would do. If you look at, I'll, I'll put up a picture. It's like that. Like I never really. It was easier to just say he fell in love with another redhead because 
um, Paul Smith didn't try at all to make um, Madeline look anything like Jean, but they kept saying, oh my gosh, she looks so much like her. <laughs> so, And we would find out later why she looks so much <laughs> like her. Madeline makes this thing where she says he can't, Cyclops can't visit Jean, and he says, I have to. And he's not lead, saying he's leaving his wife. He's saying he has to see this person that was so important to him that passed. That they, you know, he, she she died in front of him. And she's been so completely understanding of the X-Men and all of the other stuff. She will not let this happen. You say because, oh, he compared it. Yeah, of course. So they look alike. What else is he going to do? She said she, you know, survived a um, plane crash the same day Jean died. Like, everyone else died. It blew up. And she and Madeline Pryor walked out. You know, so it's like the same day Jean died. So it's like... This it's gonna mean something to him. So they have a, a simple story where the angel has an idea and it's like um let's let's talk about the premise. So let's you wanna add in the premise? Because I've gone on a little long about the history. Can you talk about the premise of X Factor? Basic premise and I have to qualify well not not qualify this, but uh, as a reader, I don't like mutants. I think they're just... I, I've never, why are we here? I'm, I'm just kidding, just kidding. The concept of them just never made a lot of sense to me where these guys with superpowers are feared and hated, but these guys with superpowers, well, they're okay. So I never, it, they were never able to sell me on that. But I have always been a fan of the original, the original X-Men, that Fab Five. I've always liked them for some reason. I can't say why. I will buy them in action figures. I will buy them in comics. I enjoy them. Fine. So when they decided to do X Factor, I was I was firmly on board, and I liked the premise. Well, people made fun of the whole thing, like you said, you know, oh, the Ghostbusters now. But the idea of X Factor was you got the original five X Men together, and they were posing as mutant hunters. So if there was a mutant and they were found, people would call up. Wait for this, the X Men, but not, <laughs> but they didn't know that they were the X Men because they thought they were X Factor. X Factor would then come out in their new X uniforms, like in, as superheroes or what have you, or you know, mutant rebellion, and they would come over yes. and either help the person, or they could come out in their civilian identities, which were also disguises as X-Factor, and get the mutant the same way, which I thought was very, very clever. I was like, what are we trying to do? We're trying to reach out, find more mutants, so on and so forth. Well, hey, we don't have to wait for them to be in trouble to do it. If we put up this front, people will report it to us, We'll go take them off the street. Instead of them being with, with Thrask or being raised to be some uh, mutant killer for some apocalypse or something of that nature, you know, for, <clears throat> in that sort of instance, like, uh, like Bishop, people you know, tattoos in, on their face and everything. <laughs> yes, there we go. We'll get them. We'll get them to someplace safe. We'll train them. Okay? And no one will be the wiser to it. So in terms of permanent, I was like, this is great. I was like, okay, I really want to see where this goes. That didn't last too long. <laughs> That did not last for too long. I didn't expect it to last for too long either, but it was much shorter than I thought it was going to be at the end of the day. But it was a very good premise, and it got everybody... I mean, the whole thing with the Defenders, I, I don't know if the Defenders was canceled because of its numbers, or if Defenders was canceled because they said, look, we want to take these three guys out and put them in X Factor. I cannot remember, because Defenders... I think it's a little of both, because it was going... I mean... It was it was on its last legs, but it wasn't. I don't know if it was in danger of being canceled, but it was like I mean they put the originals to try to drum up more interest in the book, 
And they went for a fairly long time, but then it's like they're looking at it like we can do better numbers having an X book. So like you know, sort of sort of like Power Man and Iron Fist. Like let's cut our losses and try to get a new book that'll bring in more readers. Yeah, one book, less paper, less cost. <laughs> but I, because I was reading the Defenders at the time, so they they had those three, and of course I was waiting for, you know, maybe Cyclops to come in as a guest star. But then of, uh, I mean, bringing back Jean Grey at that time for me was a big deal because, and again, this is another cop. This is still around Copper Age. This is another Copper Age story. But then going back, all of the history, at least all the history that I had gone so far back on was, you know, about the time, you know, Phoenix dies. Everybody knew this, you know, Phoenix died. Everybody loved that cover. You know, now, you know, now forever I am Phoenix. I am fire and power incarnate. And, you know, she died. This is a big deal. Everybody remember the cover, you know, Scott holding her on the cover, him, you know, him just, you know, his grief, you know, screaming out his grief and then bringing her back. And I remember reading the story in Fantastic Four, which thankfully I was reading at the time. And I said, you know what? This actually works for me. Okay, she's back. Mm -hmm. So now we have the whole Fab Five going again. And then, of course, the problem with, you know, Jean being back, but Madeline is the girl. And I'm like, I don't see how much longer that's going to last. You know, he, eventually, you know, she's going to have to go. And they eventually did. They found a way to write her out saying she's not real. She's a simulacrum of something or other of that, or that nature. But in terms of bringing them all back together in that first issue, I think the first year's worth of issues were... Very entertaining, very well plotted, but this is a good jump on book for somebody who wants to go back and read something. Especially for the person you saw it, you know, it was out, you know, you were a kid, you saw it, and like, oh, I'm not going to read this. This is a dollar and some odd, I'll, you know, take my money and buy this. This is a good one to revisit in as much as that it set a new, uh, hmm. where the New Mutants was an extension of the X-Men, this book was more of a return to what the original X-Men was supposed to be about in terms of we're going to be going out helping people, but at the same time helping mutants as well, at least to a, to, at least to a larger extent. Because they, after a certain point, it just got to the, be them fighting against other mutants. This actually brought a little bit of the superheroics back towards it. So, and that had been absent from the book for a very long time. And, you know, at least for me, because I was like, uh, the X-Men was such a big book, you didn't have to read it to find out what was going on. They were everywhere. And a lot of the stuff bled over into other comics, and you were able to, you know, keep up with what was, was going on. You didn't have to read the Mutant Massacre to know what was going on, mm -hmm. you know, along those lines. But this right over here was in its own pocket. It was a much more conventional, conventional story for the X-Men, and executed pretty well for the, you know, I would say for about the first year. Then, I mean, because later on, it's not even these guys anymore. Once again, the Fab Five are gone, and uh, well, Peter David, way, Peter David's that's writing. Low. That's like that's like 75, 71. Or so, but if we go back to the other part of the X Men, if you if you look at, I guess you would say one of the more popular stories, God Loves, Man Kills, which right. was a very powerful story, that showcased Magneto running into dead mutants. And one of the things the original book was, if they'd see a mutant being like there was a, it would turn out to be like the Toad, but they saw this guy winning the triathlon and all these events, and they're like, this guy's kind of beyond what normal people do and everyone goes crazy and X-Men go out and they save them you know and that's the thing that X-Factor was bringing back where the, the X-Men had turned into you know this feared and hated to keep showing these kids dying all the time and it's like well I understand for story reasons why Cerebro doesn't point out when Magneto is about to blow up the planet because you want more drama to the story but if you keep finding dead 
kids who have matured, you know, had and hit puberty and got their mutant powers, and Cerebro's not finding this stuff out. It's like, this is just a, a big, you know, this is some motif that's just sort of like, the X-Men aren't saving them, they're more mutants dying, and it's like sort of saying, Magneto's right, and the X-Men are wrong, whereas X-Men has Cerebro. They're, they're there to stop those moments. So it was kind of lost, it was playing off of that, because I guess it was more interesting to the fans of seeing these dead mutants, because up even before the mutant massacre, they're just finding them all the time. There's some dead Morlocks before the massacre. Magneto is constantly running into them. It's like, what's going on here? Like, X-Men, stop playing baseball. Yeah, stop sitting around and then you're in your weird, you know, like your sexy might, outfits. Might as well play baseball. There are all these dead people all the time. Take a break, right? He's so, like, hey, look, some dead bodies. Must be Wednesday. <laughs> well, that's that's what it became, and it's sort of like, and I know for probably for the X team, they're looking at it, and they're like, this is sort of taking away because we have we've changed the premise to this aspect of you know to make the humans look, you know, like sort of point out how bad humans can be, whereas. The X-Men book wasn't always that. They had humans that were on the fence. They had humans that were helping them. And they had people just, just like the X-Men in general. When they saw the X-Men, they were like, you know, they sort of like somehow the girls saw Angel and could realize he was handsome with the mask on. So, you know, was, they had some fans and they had some detractors like Larry Trask and stuff like in Bolton later. You know, Bolton for Trask and then later Larry Trask. So they also worked at the premise was a bad premise, and that was sort of the X-Men's look at X-Factor. Like, the premise is saying, you guys are mutant hunters, and that's just all bad. And it's like, no, if you, they just met them and had a meeting where they said, here, the original's alive, and the X-Men are going to Australia. Have a cool <coughs> meeting, not them fighting and saying, we're, we're not, oh yeah, we knew you guys, when you're the original X-Men. You have to help mutants, we understand it. Like, no, the press. That, that plan, Mutant Hunter, is bad, 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 bad premise. And it's like, it's more the X office sort of tearing it apart, not allowing the fans to sort of say it worked. So I'm not against, I'm not for saying Cyclops is bad, he left his wife, because that's not what was going on. He's, you know, he goes to see Gene, he doesn't rekindle the relationship. He rekindles his relationship with his friends, he says he needs to be back on here helping mutants. It's not childish for him to be a superhero, but at the same time, his wife has now cut off all ties. Like, second issue, he calls, all phone numbers change. And as the book progresses... Yeah, that was fast. <laughs> as the book progresses, he's tried to contact her, which all the fans, no one remembers. He's tried to contact her a number of times. He goes out there. They have the thing where he finds the dead Madeline and we don't know what this is. It's like, oh, my God. But then they We know what it was. It was like, hey, Jean's back. <laughs> you got to go. But they know they, like, they put her into the X-Men book, and she's sort of, Claremont's also playing to the fact of saying she's not giving them the right information. So it's like, it's kind of, it's also tough because Claremont also was involved. I argue with someone online because he rewrote some of the parts of um, Burns' Fantastic Four issue, but he he's also saying that, you know what, they put, you know, how could they do this? It's like, well, you were involved. You wrote that story, and you rewrote Fantastic Four um, 286, and you re, you know, did a retcon in uh, classic uh, X-Men. So you've done two stories. You're part of it. I would like last point out on my, my points I would like to make is that the X-Men after, I think it was one, was it X-Factor 69 or something like that, they went back to their original title. 
they hadn't been in their own title for like like um, at least five years. Xavier comes back to the title. We have the originals in their own title again. That's the important thing that you remember that they would sort of we love these characters and then when they redid them, a lot of people didn't initially like the new X-Men because it's like the originals are there, the real X-Men, and then the new X-Men got popular. The stories, everything worked out. But if you had the new mutants, you should have brought in the originals to train them, and it doesn't take away from the the regular X-Book. And you have the originals a part of that story, but, uh, you know, they sort of became like they were just lame. And that's what Louise Simonson sort of was dealing with, upping their powers to say, these guys aren't lame. These guys, well, no, we're, at, we're up in their powers, so they're not lame anymore. But we say they were lame, so... And I think subsequent more power. <laughs> but subsequent stories later, now they're in use and people like them, but they're sort of changing them now. So, um, any other thoughts on this book or well, the X Factor? I thought for the X Men was a good return to form. I thought one of the biggest problems with the mutants is that there's always, and they still have this problem now. I, I, you know what? I'm not reading the book now, so I won't, <clears throat> I won't uh, go that far. But at the time, there were too many of them, and I thought this was a good return to form. I think what I liked about the original five was that the focus was on those five and you may have had a villain here or there that was a mutant or somebody that they were helping that was a mutant but there wasn't this incredible I mean the, the the Xavier school with the powers that these guys had I could see them telling five or six people at a time but when it got to like hey we got 50 200 people oh, running around here like Grant Morrison he he tried to over even beyond the movies he was just like they have a full school here yeah like it's, it's, <laughs> it's like how would you be able to do this you can't do this you know, with these guys and their abilities and mm -hmm. they don't have the control over them it's a logistical nightmare at the end of the day you know not every school it, it's not a public school yes, <laughs> it, yeah. it's a private school I thought this was a good re and I thought this was a good ret uh, return to form where we got to focus on these five characters I mean, once I saw Jean back, I was like, okay, the handwriting's on the wall for Madeline. She's gone. <laughs> and I'm when like, you see yes. when the second <laughs> when the second issue comes in, he can't make any connection with her so far. I was like, yo, bye Madeline, you you you're gone. <laughs> there's no way. The fan you could already hear the fan drum beat. Gene and Scott. Gene and Scott. It was, you know, there's no way it was gonna go. So well, those things those things I thought those things I thought were fine. The focus on them was fine. I, and again, I thought the premise was fine as well. But this was also a, this is also a period where storytelling was very, very important. Even though they, and we talked about this, where I think they got undercut because they couldn't use any of the major villains. Yes. But they did get a good villain in Apocalypse out of that. But that's a villain who came into play that's much later. Louise, Louise, they because they, they were initially planning the Owl to be a um, the head villain, and Louise, since I don't know Bob Layden was leaving, they put in Apocalypse, which obviously is a bigger villain, and like finally they have a, a you know a villain of grandeur. Which ultimately led to, you know, so many, you know, fall of mutants, ton of stories with Apocalypse. So. Yeah, very good stuff. But hey, that's my that's my two cents. <laughs> Go back and read it. You'll have a good chance. Yes. You'll have a rather good chance. You'll have a good time. Go back and read it. You want to read some good stories? This is a good one to start with. Yes. All right. Thanks, everybody. Check it out, and we'll be back with you with more views in the upcoming weeks. Later. Thanks, Thanks Generac. You saved me money.